right, all right, all right. I'm Joe Turner, and this is the City Manager Unfiltered Podcast, a podcast by a city manager for city managers and other public sector executives. I'm really excited about today's show because we're going to talk about the 36-hour work week in Pennsylvania with Jamie Gwynn. And when I post about the alternative work schedules, hybrid schedules, the 410s, the 980s, so forth and so on, I get a lot of traction, a lot of interest on my posts on LinkedIn. Uh, but Jamie here is doing a 36-hour work week. Somehow he got his uh, governing body to sign off on giving away four free hours of work uh, to his workers. And uh, we're going to learn more about how he did that, how he convinced them, and how it's going. Hey, Jamie, uh, welcome to the show. Why don't you give us a little introduction of who you are, what you're about, and uh, we'll jump into it. Thanks, Joe. What an honor to be here. I appreciate the time. All the way from Pennsylvania. So, my name is Jamie Gwynn. I've been the manager for New Hanover Township. Uh, it's in upper Montgomery County, about an hour outside of Philadelphia. Um, I'm in my seventh year. Uh, before that, I was the assistant to the manager, the Dwight Schrute, if you will, uh, in <laughs> Northampton Township. <laughs> in Northampton Township in, in Lower Bucks uh, for a few years. Um, New Hanover Township is about 13,000 uh, people, but it's it's also one of the fastest growing municipalities in the state of Pennsylvania um, in the last census. And Northampton Township was, uh, I think it's about 40,000 people now. It's top 25 in PA. There's 2,600 municipalities. How I got to Northampton, I graduated with my master's in public administration from the University of Pennsylvania. Before that, I did Teach for America, uh, taught fourth grade English in, uh, in Baltimore. Before that, I got my uh, degree in communication studies from Wilkes uh, Wilkes University in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, where I am from, and sprinkled in between. I've I've done internships with the city of Wilkesbury, uh, the city of Scranton, uh, Luzerne County when uh, they transitioned from a three commissioner system to a county council. So ten years of experience and have seen a lot of different governments. I consider myself a government nerd. Love it. It's in my veins. Always want to do this. So being on your podcast to be able to share something that I believe would transform in a very simple way the lives of people but also incent more people to go into local government is a big goal of mine because i think the more talent we have in local government the better and local government represents the majority of what uh, everybody listening to your podcast is dealing with so again thank you for having me absolutely and you know um being can i tell you something <laughs> pennsylvania has always been an enigma to me what, what is that what is the deal you guys got like counties townships cities boroughs, boroughs. You, might, you might have some towns and villages in there somewhere you got like you know three different types of counties you know x different types of school districts i mean is this like a got is this first like a, class townships second yeah. class townships what, first class cities <laughs> what's going on in pennsylvania man why you guys gotta make it so complicated i don't know state? i think i think back when uh when the american revolution was going down there was a lot of opinionated people that uh <laughs> They're like uh, ancestors have become managers at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it, is a, it is incredible. Uh, man, anyway, I've never had the privilege of uh, visiting your state. Um, I've heard it's very beautiful, but I've always been uh, amused by the complexity of your local government structures, at least from my perspective. Uh, I always know. like, like, what do they have in Massachusetts? Like Minutemen? Or, uh, or there's just select, select men? Select there's people. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's cool. I want to bring that to Pennsylvania. <laughs> Oh, the Northeast is a different animal, man. Northeast yeah. is a different animal. But hey, uh, you're 36 years old. You already have seven years of experience as a township manager. You're crushing it. You're a smart dude. And 
we're going to talk about this alternative work schedule that you've introduced because based off our pre-interview discussion, it's my understanding that this is the, you're the first community in the entire state of Pennsylvania and the public sector that has gone to a 36 hour work week. Is that correct? Yeah. As far as I know, I, I, I probably take a, a stab at, you know, we're probably either first or one of the few in probably the country that has implemented it. I mean, there's obviously a lot of, a lot of news articles out there about people doing it in the private sector, but I can't find anywhere uh, through anybody where people are doing a reduced schedule. That's not like a nine day conversion or what have you, like right. anything less than 40 hours. So right. we are now, uh, we've, we've convinced another municipality to do it. Um, so there's two and we got momentum and I've been doing presentations at the state with this and stuff, but like, it's coming, Joe, it's yeah. coming one way or another. Well, what I love about this conversation that we're going to have is, you know, I've talked about what I'm doing as far as uh, the podcast and on LinkedIn about creating a community for ambitious, you know, public sector managers, people who have innovative ideas, who are doing creative things, uh, who are really bringing something new to the profession, because obviously the public sector has been historically identified as being staid, stale, uh, slow, so forth and so on. And so you're, you're, a, you're a young man, 36 years old, and you've brought this really innovative concept to your community. And I really want to dig into how the hell this even came about. Like, I mean, because like, I mean, so for full disclosure, although I think some people probably already know, I, I, I'm center right on the political spectrum, right? And you're about an hour outside of Philadelphia, you said. So I'm assuming you are in an area that leans uh, red because you're not, you know, not, not yeah. in the metro area. I don't know, man. My peeps can be a little... A little, a little rough on the whole. Let's get four hours away for free here type deal. So, to walk me through this. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> that's like what I think. Um, you know, like one of the first questions I'll get from people is like, you must have like a a five o Democrat board, and I'm like five o Republican, and like people just they look at me and they don't know what to do, and I'm like, right. look, it, it's 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 almost like we overthink at times, and so I, I have this motto as a manager. That um, if you keep things simple, it, it usually works itself out. I, like I think in local government specifically, we over communicate, over you know, do too many meetings, have too many cooks in the kitchen, and what happens, Joe? Nothing ever, nothing ever gets right. done. Right, Gla so glacier like, speed, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's there. Look, there's a time and place for that. You know, there's there's a methodical approach, but I think at least in New Hanover, there's an opportunity to do some cool things. Uh, but again, look. And you get like, every time you present a new idea, you're, you're putting your entire reputation on the line. I went all out on this concept and I was in it to win it. And, you know, I wasn't wasn't afraid to lose my job over something I truly believed in. Uh, it's hard to do. So for for me, this concept was rooted. So in, in New Hanover with the 13,000 people, when I left Northampton, I was 29 years old. You know, I was married. Actually, I did my interview and then went on my honeymoon. <laughs> so, so I think my first year of marriage went to my, the community, right? Um, right. I've been paying, I've been paying for it ever since. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's, you know, we have these 13,000 people. I, I came here at 29 years old. I knew that it was one of the fastest growing communities. And when I was in Northampton, they, they were already built out. So I thought it'd be fascinating to come and kind of get involved and see that. And, you know, there's a lot of issues with stormwater management, at least in Pennsylvania, at least where we're at, and just a lot of different things that challenge my brain in different ways and, and make me a better jack of all trades you know, manager. 
so I, I come here and I, I want to sidebar for a second. So like to put in perspective, New Hanover Township in 2016, I come in for my interview and I kid you not, I, I go into the vestibule, the, the, the door, the second door is propped open. There's a leak from the roof coming down, slow dripping the floor. And I go and I go, excuse me. And, I, and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, you got a bucket? Can I help you guys out? And like, that was like the sign. I'm like, my gosh, like we got to fix a lot here. Like if you, you can't even put a bucket, you got a roof leak, the toilet's not working. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I, uh, I take this job. We have about 30, uh, 30 employees. We have a, a 12 person police department. We have, we have four people now, but we had six people in a, uh, we have an authority. We have an interesting relationship, but like we, we manage all the authority, all the employees. So we do well, all what, the what's, sewer. Forgive me, what's sewer. the authority? Oh, sewer authority. So, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. sewer authority. So, you know, that's another thing is they didn't name it correctly, um, but it's a sewer authority. <laughs> so we got that. We have public works. We have, let's say, eight public works employees, and then we have admin staff. So um, two different entities under one roof, if you will, um, managing that, managing community, doing all this development. Our development is, uh, last time I checked, over 2,000 proposed units. There might be 15 active projects. Uh, it's it's a lot. Yeah. So I come into New Hanover and essentially the board, and I'll tell you this, I wasn't even their first choice, Joe. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't. I appreciate the candor. I appreciate No, I candor. wasn't. Um, and look, and I, I'm not bothered by that because it's kind of like they didn't know who I was. Yeah. And look, I can't blame them because the, the amount of stuff that they were well, and doing. And you're with, a rookie. You're a rookie too, right? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. and think about it. I wasn't an assistant manager. No, you were, you were Dwight. I was Dwight. I was Dwight. And like, so think, think about the quality of candidates. If I'm number two and I have an assistant to the managers, that just tells you like what people, no one wanted to come up here. And uh, so what happened was the guy who took the job, he leveraged it for a, for a better job. Now that's an ICMA violation, Joe. You know, once uh, you accept that, once you accept that, I know how much you adore ICMA. That's right. Uh, that's right. I got the code of ethics on my wall. <laughs> I, I thought I saw a tattoo under your sleeve. At the end. But uh, so this guy, he gets the conditional offer. He leverages it. He gets a better deal. And then the uh, the board's like, hey, do you still want to work here? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, you, didn't, you don't know me. Um, so and we're like, look, we've never looked back. And so it, it it's one of those things. That you know just makes you kind of like I adore this community for that reason because the people who put me into this position the majority are still here right but like like and look whether I was on record or not like I, I probably the five nicest human beings uh, you can have as a board how rare it is to actually have people that just want to do the right thing because you know how political boards can get yeah and that's, that's, pro that, that's probably I mean I even I even moved my family here in the pandemic. And I, I always had a rule. I said, I will never live in the community that I serve, but I just, I just, I don't know. I adore this place because of the people here. So you're trying to get it, me fired up right now, Jamie, on the residency. I, it, yeah, look, <laughs> no, look, I don't believe in residence requirements, by the way. So I like on my own chose that. Um, well, that's a testament to obviously your relationship with your body. And, and you know, it's kind of funny you say that because um, I will always fondly look uh, favorably and romantically and nostalgically on my first gig. And I was so grateful yeah. for the opportunity and, and you're still in your first gig, obviously seven years in, it's going great. Um, so that's, that's awesome. That's an amazing story, man. I just, I just, uh, 
it's just funny to hear you talk about that way though about being the uh the second one because i did post it on linkedin several months ago about how you know i'm not trying to be anybody's uh second place finish or sloppy seconds as i might i might have used that terminology or something like that but you know when you are a rookie and you're trying to get your first gig man it's it's Mm -hmm. not always the ideal circumstance it doesn't always everything doesn't line up like it's perfect like you know textbook sometimes you got to take a risk you got to take a gamble on both sides right the governing body and the candidate themselves so well, yeah, and, and and I think one of the best pieces of advice that I got as I was searching for that gig was um, a recruiter was like, look, you have everything that a municipality needs to be successful, but what you lack is life experience. Right. And I go, well, how do I get that? He goes, you live. keep living life. <laughs> <laughs> That's not helpful. So it's, I mean, I mean, look, I, I did job interviews where, you know, like, People look at me like very impressive for a young man. And I'm like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah how do you respond to that? Right. It's like, yeah, I didn't get the call back. I'm like, yeah. what is this? So, yeah. look, so, so it's like, don't, don't get discouraged over it. So, so you, you, so you have this idea of going to a 36 hour work week, right? Oh yes. Does this spring yeah. from the pandemic? Is this, is this, is this something you were thought thinking about before the pandemic or did the pandemic illuminate this uh, idea? Like walk me through that. Yeah. So when I started, when I got to New Hanover and understand, like when I was at Northampton, we were, we were, talent would come to Northampton because like the average employee was there for 15 years, Joe. So if okay. an opportunity opened very up, stable. like, yeah, very stable opportunity opened up, people are going to go. New Hanover is at that point was very unstable. And it's also at the Northern peak of the County. So in order to get talent, like, I mean, if you're pulling talent in the Philadelphia region where schools are and stuff like that, how do I get people to want to drive here and work here? And again, like um, it's not like we're, we're winning over the world with our salaries either. Right. Right. So it's, so it's, it's kind of like I've been chewing on what are different ways. I mean, what are different ways I could attract talent? The, the game theory position is outspend the municipality next to you or what have you. But what happens is, you then get into a board that do they want to raise taxes? Probably not. Or right. you know, there's, there's different variables that, that go against you. But then I started kind of thinking like, if there's things I can do that maybe don't cost money, what can I do? So I did what probably most people do. I started thinking about four tens, started yep. doing some research on it. Like the data was just like it, it like the health benefits weren't there. Um, and I'm like, can, can you elaborate, can you elaborate on that? Because you, you, you're poo-pooing the four tens and, yeah. and, you know, I thought about yeah. the four tens, and I'd love a, I would love a four ten versus a traditional schedule, right? So, um, actually, before we get into the four ten dissection, can yeah. you, for, for the audience that's listening, what is your work schedule now for your employees? How does it work? So, okay, so we have our thirty employees to tell you. This is not apply to our police; they're they're union members under Pennsylvania, so okay. we have our contract with them. This is eighteen employees: public works, sewer, admin. I don't have any other unions except for police. So our, our hours for sewer and public works is 6.30 in the morning to 3.30 in the afternoon. Okay. Our hours for our admin staff, which involves codes, finance, and just general support, is 8, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Okay. So that 10 hour, when we talk about, there's data out there that talks about the 5 p.m. to 7 p.m time period is like the family zone right and that that's like the two hour window 
that families come together, connect, and like all these other benefits happen. So like part of me was like, if I'm going to do a 10 hour, I have to stay away from anything after five. So then I'm just backwards planning. And I'm like, do people want to work from 7 a.m. to five? And then you, Joe, then you start looking at like people have kids. What's their schedule with dropping people off with, you know, the kids at the bus, right. Right. getting up in the morning. What, what time do they have to get up in the morning, get their kids ready? Like just from that perspective of passing my own sniff test, I'm like, God, it's like so difficult. Now, like if you got into the 10 hour day, like I'd agree with you. 10 hours as managers, we probably work that anyway, right? Right. But it's like when you're getting into public works employees and it's a, a more physical position or sewer employees, I started asking my employees and it's like, nah, we would prefer working that Friday instead of 10 hours because it's just, I can't explain it. It just feels too long. And I'm not going to be able to resonate with those employees because I work odd hours all the time anyway in my craft. Right. Like that was like a no go. Like no one wanted the four tens. And then when I started looking at the data, I'm like, okay, there's something here. How do I do it? So I'm sitting at the beach in July of 2021. And look, this is very ironic because I'm at the beach and I'm starting to chew and I'm like, what if I just take off one hour instead of doing four tens, we could do four nines. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just like, you're cut, you're might be too young for this reference, but do you did you ever see something about Mary with the oh definitely so definitely. like you know, seven minute abs and have you, have you seen my baseball yeah <laughs> let's take off a you know no, no let's take off an hour here so okay <laughs> right so I'm like I started turn I'm like what if we take off an hour I'm having a cocktail on the beach I'm looking at the beach and I'm like that might be palatable but I don't know how things are gonna work out I, I kid you not I get a text message from my finance director. And she goes, did you see this study from Iceland? And I, I like opened it up and I kid you not, it's like four, four day, 36 hour work week. And I'm like, I was like, no shit. So I just start like deep diving to like their stuff. And that, that's where I'm pulling a lot of data from on the five, seven stuff like that. So I was like, okay, so this, this is working somewhere, maybe not America, but it's working somewhere. So, you know, I wouldn't be the craziest person. I might be the craziest person here but not there. So that was kind of the momentum and like the inception for me of thinking, is this even possible? That's where I was at at that point in time. Okay. So here's the deal. You're talking, let's stick with your admin staff, right? They're working from eight yeah. to five, eight to five, mm -hmm. and then working Monday through Thursday, four days a week. Right. Yep. And that's mm -hmm. nine hours. Okay. Yep. So are they also getting paid for like a half hour lunchtime that they, is, how does that work? Or my, Oh yeah. I have big, I have big thoughts in this too. Like what, and look, and it's no no disrespect. It's all love among you know all of us managers. But when I right. see municipalities, when they when they go, you can have an unpaid half an hour of lunch, and I'm like, why? Like, what does that do? That might be a traditional like mindset, but I'm like, when you're when you are like we're in a talent gap, right? We are. That's that's one of the easiest things to say. We're gonna pay you for lunch. Like, who out there? And and here's my first challenge here. Who out there truly thinks a person is actually working for eight hours a day, right? Like, that, that, that's, might... well, yes, that's the classic thing, right? As we all know that do we people really, really – because we see studies all the time that say people really work three or four hours or whatever, right? And you know, yeah. I forget I forget the – what's the theory or the – you know, and what's the I, – I forget what's called the rule or the law where you you, know, you stretch the amount of work you have to fit the number of hours you have available. Yeah. I forget, the, I forget the, what it's called. But I think there's a lot of city managers, and I wanted to double check about the lunch because I think they're listening and they're like, wait a minute. Am I – understand that correctly so not only are they working 36 hours a week over they four days do, yeah. they're getting their lunch paid too 
Uh, yeah. That's yeah. a, that is not, this is very unique. This is a very unique situation. <laughs> like I, I'm pretty sure it's pretty unique, Jamie. Like, I mean, Joe, Joe, it's, it's, I, I have like my managerial philosophy is keep it super simple. Like there's a different variation on that, on that acronym, but I'm yeah, like, yeah. just keep it super simple. Like if you have something that's simple, most people are going to understand a simplistic approach to a topic. So if I go, Hey, it's four days, 36 hours. I don't care about like your lunch. Here's what I want in return. I want our residents to be happy with the service we are providing, right? How okay. we get there. It, are we an end goal species or are we a process oriented species for me? End goal, right? At the end goal. I care about end goal. My board, whether I work a, a minute or a hundred hours, they care about results. Now, you know, I can't do it in a minute. You know, I'm never going to try in a hundred hours, but like right. at the end of the day, I get judged on results. I don't get based on the amount of hours I put into a failure. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. So here's the thing though. I'm listening to you and I'm like, I mean, my head's still kind of blown by the idea of the schedule, right? I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, this is not a traditional path to go, right? And this sure as hell is not a classic limited government, you know, small government Republican You're idea right. or You're whatever, right. right? So how the hell does Jamie Gwynn take this? What beach were you on, by the way? I need to go. Maybe I need to go visit uh, this beach. I don't know. Ocean City, Jersey. Okay. All right. Maybe maybe Ocean City, Jersey is where we all need to go and and and, and park our butts in the, in the sand. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you're, your butt's on the beach and you come up with this idea. How the hell do you bring this back to your, your city or your township and get buy-in from your your commission, your governing body? Walk me through that. You know this gig in order to be successful is part skill, part luck, and, and part timing. And so if if I would have – there's no way I would have brought this concept up in my first year, right? Right. I'd be, I'd be laughed out. It was, it was the timing. I don't know if the – maybe the pandemic helped soften the, the hearts and minds of people on this because I, maybe if the pandemic didn't happen, I would have never brought it up. But I think – when we started having this brain drain of talent of people leading or not wanting to work or what, you know, whatever you call it, look, we've had a lot of employees turn over because the expectation is that we are, we are going to be the gold standard community. Now I believe every community can be a gold standard, but like here, the message was clear. There are no excuses. We are going to perform and we'll perform with the talent we have, but like we need talent at the same time when we have retirements and that, I have, I have to think of something. So here's what I did. So I, I come off the beach. I got to tell you, it, it, it was a lot of work. It was a, it was a lot of conversation. So I talked to a, a few board members offline first and start to get their input on like, you know, would this be something you'd consider and stuff like that? And I was surprised. Like there, there was some like, Hey, we can see that because my angle was if you want your residents to be taken care of, Right. Then, which, is, which is job number one for the governing body, right? It is yeah. like, is there a job? Is there a different job number one? It, it right. is like we are public servants. So if, if our job is to make sure our roads are taken care of, our public safety is taken care of, our residents are communicated with in a timely fashion, human beings have to do that. Now, I love Micah and ChatGPT, but they're not going to be able to do that. Right. So you, you need the human aspect. I can't do every role here. I need people that are qualified in order to do those roles. And not everyone's going to have a great day. Like 
I don't know what is going through a resident's mind, but like at times they're going to come in hot, hot and heavy. That's right. How do I get somebody to take that conversation, calm down the situation, turn it into a win, et cetera, et cetera. So like I'm explaining to the board, I'm like, I need a person to want to work here that's qualified enough to achieve the goal, which is making sure our residents are taken care of. And the board, their goal is making sure the residents are taken care of. Right. I started talking board. I'm like, if you don't worry about the process, I can promise you the result. I'll put my career on the line for the on that. And I think a lot of municipalities, they get too caught up in that process. So first step was like getting the board to just kind of think outside the box on an individual basis. So that's what we did. And in all fairness to them, I mean, that that's in order to be a creative and innovative manager, you need to have a board that's also willing to accept yeah. that risk too, right? And we'll kind of maybe come back to that a little bit more because you said something earlier in this interview that I really would like to expand on, and that is the risk that comes with taking on something that's innovative and new, mm-hmm. right? But we'll, we'll, maybe, maybe we can come back to that with time permits. Yeah. But but I wanted to recognize your governing body because obviously it begins and ends with them being receptive to the innovative ideas that a manager wants to bring. So. Yeah. And like, and I'll, look, I'll, I'll give you the makeup. So like one supervisor used to be an employee here. Uh, another supervisor is a painter. Another supervisor is a geologist. Another one is in construction management. And the other one at that time um, was a, a retired police officer. So, I mean, and they're all, I mean, one female, four males, all over the age of 50, all Republican. Not, not, and, I mean, not uh, fairly diverse in some respects, but not what you would consider a ideal composition of a governing body to implement this type of schedule, I would think. So, but I'll tell you though, all five are also open minded. I, I have these conversations. I go, okay, I, I have a good feeling there might be at least three people that would want to talk about it. Cause the last thing I want to do is like, there is in no way I am bringing this topic up in public. Absolutely. You'd be and embarrassing a, myself or the board, right? Yes. Our yeah, job yeah. is to protect the board as well. Yeah, you got to do some groundwork, yeah, for sure. So so we have like we have like an information gathering session where I'm like, "Look, let me just explain what I <laughs> what I would like to do." And you know, like tongue in cheek to Republicans or Democrats regardless, like I go in and you have to know your audience. And these five Republicans, I'm trying to they already know what I'm going to talk about. Right. Right. It's not and, a mystery. Yeah. No. And like, I, like I'm in front of them. They're on this dais. And I'm just talking to them and I'm like, you know, reading their faces and they're all like, just, I can't read their faces. And I go, Hey, I know this sounds like a, like a, an idea that would be pushed by a Democrat, but I promise you it's, it's not a Democrat idea. It's probably the smartest idea you ever do. And I think like, three. <laughs> That's what we like, start the sales pitch. <laughs> I think three people laughed and I said, we're off to a good start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you do what a manager does. You focus on the three that, that laughed, right? That's right. And That's right. Uh, so look, I have a really, really strong board in terms of, even if they say no, they will, it's very respectful, very civil, which is rare in itself these days. And we'll challenge each other. And like, at the end of the day, it's like, my job's to implement. So if they don't want to do it, they won't do it. I bring it up to him and we're talking about this. And my pitch is like, look, I only can think of two ways to attract talent right now. One is to pay pay, more pay. pay. Yeah. And like, look, and and I have data from Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, and I have data from Bucks County. And I'm going to tell you, it's, we, we, we're, we, we're not even close to the average. (laughs) Let alone. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't compete. 
it's not, you're probably not going to like the solution if you say pay them more because right. we're going to have to raise taxes. And like, look, this is a community that hasn't raised taxes in 18 years. We've reduced taxes in my time here, 5%. We take pride in the fact of our fiscal responsibility. Right. So I'm like, look, we either pay more or we have to be more innovative. And they're like, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I would like to talk about like, a four day, 36 hour work week. And so we start down that path and you know, it's, I get one supervisor is like, you know, I think it's a really good idea. Uh, and I get our supervisor. He's like, well, like, I don't like the idea because you know, we should be here five days a week, right? You're going to get all that continuous be, we should be yeah. here five days a week. That's how government is. And you, you had a LinkedIn post recently about, and I might butcher it. So it helped me out if I'm paraphrasing poorly. But like, essentially there's like that it factor for a manager on how you, when you say something in front of your board, and I think you're, you're uh, caveating it, like in terms of when you're at a board meeting, when do you step in? When do you kind of like correct someone? Yeah. Yeah. There was a discussion about what you don't learn and what you can't learn in MPA school. Right. And as how do you interact and massage your relationship with your board members when you're a city manager? It's a very delicate right. process. And, and I, I've taken the time to really build my relationships with, with people. And look, and, and if I'm not the manager here, I'll tell you three of these supervisors would be my friends for life. Like it's just, they're just good human beings. Right. And so I get one supervisor talking about, well, what about 40 hours? This is how, this is how government always has. And I'm like, well, to be fair, I mean, the work schedule X number of years ago was six days, 60 hours. I go, so at some point in time, we went from a six day, 60 hour work week to a five day, 40 hour work week. So it was kind of like taking us back in time to go like, how did we get here? Right. And I'm like, you're right. We can stay at five days, 40 hours, and we can keep humming along. Again, if your goal is to keep residents happy, I need it's it's almost like like a football team. If you know if you want the Eagles to win a Super Bowl, you're not going to win it with all rookies. I mean, I guess you could. It's just the statistics are against you. Like you need talent. Right. And so like. It's just a concept. So I have another supervisor. He's like, well, I'm always going to be opposed to it. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and he's like, but what if a tree falls down on a Friday? And I'm like, well, what if a tree falls down on a Saturday? Saturday. Exactly. That's the class. Yeah. It's the like, class. we're going to go get it. Yeah. And then he's like, well, what if, what if, what if it snows on a Friday? I'm like, then we're going to come in and we're going to, we're going to plow the snow just like we would on a Saturday. Yeah. And then so like, there, look, there was a lot of that. And then I think one of the really cool things about that moment is like, I had no idea. I mean, I had like two board members are like, Hey, like it's worth at least a try. And then I had two board members are like, nah. And I had one kind of on the fence. And then like one of the, one of the three board members I couldn't read is like, what do the employees think about it? And I was like, that's like a great question. I didn't ask my employees. Well, <laughs> Well, is it the assumption that they'd be a no? The assumption would be that to be a no-brainer, right? I mean, that would be the assumption. But Let, I'll tell you this: that's the assumption. That is, that's not the rule, man. I'm telling you, like it's, like I told you. I don't know if you're recording this part, but like I had a conversation today with the guy. He's like, I wouldn't like that, and I'm like, you wouldn't like to have every Friday off and work four hours. Nah, I don't like that. I'm like this. I don't know, man. I, I we'll leave that for another day, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm like, okay, so the fact that this one supervisor was saying who was on the fence was like, what do the employees think? I was like, 
let's you know you take the win right yeah you you, you gotta as a manager you gotta know when you're that's when a you're that's a ahead. that's a buying question that's a buying question that's not a, a no question right that's you're a right. buying question so i'm gonna get that answer so like yeah. that so i go okay are is everybody okay meeting again in a month and i can just i can get you the update yes i go all right we got it we have ourselves the fact some that you momentum. Have a, yeah, the fact that you have a second meeting was like, that's a victory right then and there. For something this innovative and creative, that's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll tell you this. The employee part was probably harder than the initial board part. I, I go, I'm on like a sales tour. And I go, who would like to work four hours less and not lose any money? And like, <laughs> and like you know, you get people, they're like, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then you know what? There's always going to be those people. And I had a person in in a department. He goes, "Nah, I've seen that before. It doesn't work." And I'm like, "You see this uh, before? Huh? I'm pretty sure you I haven't go, seen this." <laughs> I go, "Like, how'd you see it before?" He goes, "I'm not interested in working four tens." And I go, "Well, no, this is four nines. And he's like, "Yeah, it still won't work." And I go, <laughs> "All right, we'll put him into the no category." Uh, and so. <laughs> But then you know what? Then you get other people and they like they and then they bully each other, right? Like, why would you do that? And then yeah. you kind of let that marinate. Um, then like look, and then the good questions, then even better questions started. Well, what would happen with our paid time off? And what would happen with our holidays? Yes. Because here because here's the thing, Jamie, like I'll I'll come back to something real quick. So I floated the idea with my previous city council that I just, the city I just left about the idea of shifting to like a 410 or a 980, not, not, yeah. not as, not as innovative as what you're doing, obviously, but alternative schedule nonetheless. And my council was totally on board with it. And I'm, you know, I'm right. in Kansas, a red state, fairly conservative area, right? This, you know, there was hardly any pushback at all. And I got pushback from staff that didn't want to do it. That was the crazy, crazy, part. isn't it? Yeah, it, it was. It tripped me. It tripped me out. I'm like, wow, this is really strange. But um, so I'm not the only one that's experienced something. Well, no, that, like that that and so that was some naivete on my part is because I'm like I'm always trying to get better at my craft or like find value where I can find it that I I forgot that there's a real there's a real thing out there. That people do not like change. Yes, it's shocking. And, like, and, and you I know, mean, it's, it's not shocking. It, we all know this, right? But you're like, but even good change is like on the no, face. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like the devil you know is always greater than the the unknown devil, right? Like, and I I gotta admit, like that's one thing I didn't really think about, and I had and I had to navigate. So and that that took time. So that took time. Like like I had a department head. He's like. I absolutely do not want my one staff member to be on that schedule. And I'm like, why? And he's, and I'm like, it's just one of those. And then it became like, there's different issues. And I had, I had another staff member because, you know, like, and I want to get into PTO for a second. Another staff member asking, you know, questions like this, because as I was, as we were pre-meeting about this, you know, online, it's, it's like, there's other things that I had to do in order to make this work. The PTO side of it, paid time off. Yes. What we had, what we had before the board adopted a, a trial period, which I'll cover, is we had employees here, and it's probably probably the norm, right? Like the longer you stay in your municipality, the more time off yes. you get, or something. Yeah, so like, longe- longevity bonus type yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, so like for New Hanover, when you start it, you'd get let's say 
five vacation days. And then over time, you get 10 vacation days and then 15 vacation days. You'd always get 10 sick days a year. And then there's all requirements on that. And then you get three personal days. We were looking at, so it's three, 10, you know, anywhere from 23 to 33 days off a year. So I have people that have been here longer that are getting 33 eight-hour days off a year, full choice. Take it whenever you want. Or 23 days off, full choice. Take it whenever you want. What I I was recommending was converting the vacation sick and personal to just a pay time off bucket. And as a sidebar, it's sick times an incredible policy that we can have a whole podcast topic on. Yep. Yep. But like I've been in a number of municipalities where I feel like people just bank it and try and get a payout at the end of their career. Yeah. But what's what was interesting in New Hanover, they had a really I mean they have a really strong sick leave policy where like see if you could stay with me on this one. It would be like you would need to accumulate like a hundred days of sick time and then you can get paid out for every day after a hundred at half at half yeah. at the then rate you earned it. And I'm like, sounds what? like a, sounds like a paperwork nightmare. That's so I'm like, like, I'm telling employees, I'm like, like you're here, you know, with a cold because you want to like earn $10, 10 years from now. Right. Take the day off and use sick time. And then it's our people are like, are you okay if I take off? I'm not feeling well. I'm like, I, I'm not your police. Like if you, if you want a mental health day, like that's another thing I see me as pallies do. They're like, they're, they're monitoring like, well, Josie's not sick today. I'm like, look, if Josie wants to use her sick day, at some point she's going to run out and then she's unpaid. I don't know. Like it's like, like right. keep it simple. So right. I wanted to convert to PTO. And what I also did was anybody who had accumulated sick time, I kept that. I'm like, you're not going to lose it. You can use that. But like new employees, you're only getting the PTO. Because right. we have a really good short-term, you know, disability policy, and some people have short-term, long-term, and what have you. So, the PTO I was pitching was at that point it was ten nine-hour days. It 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 got approved with fifteen nine-hour days. Okay. So that meant everybody those getting twenty-three days, you know, a year, and those getting thirty-three days, in theory, were getting a reduction to fifteen nine-hour days. Right. But they were getting four hours per week. Yeah. yeah. And when you add in that four hours per week, and I look, first off, I love how how quick you picked up on that because I'm telling you, people implement this, people don't pick up on that. Yeah. Those four hours, when you multiply them by 42, everybody was getting 43 43 days off a year. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer trade. If I could make that trade every day, I mean, I wish I could make fantasy baseball trades like that. Let's put that way. So I want to come back to like the employee. He's like, well, how's this PTO going to work? Because- and I, I'm, you know, I'm using pseudonyms here. It's like, well, Johnny just started working here and I have a problem that that guy has the same number of days I have off. And I'm like, why? And he's like, well, I just, I've, I've, I've been here longer. And I'm like, yeah, but you earn more. And he's like, yeah, but I just don't like, I, I feel like that's a disrespect. I'm like, so if we keep the eight hour, 40 day week model, you're going to have 33 days off. If we implement it, you're going to have 10 more days off and you're still upset about Johnny. And he's like, yeah, I didn't really think about it like that. Yeah. It's uh, crazy, huh? Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, but like that, look, that is a, that's a real issue. Like that ego of staffing. And again, like I want to have a staff that 
it's not, hey, I have more than you or right. this and that because that creates culture issues, right? Right. I'm trying to create a culture where like we focus on what? The results. Helping right? residents. The yeah. Residents. So we're not talking about like, like I wonder how much time is wasted. Ms. Pally is talking about like, hey, uh, Johnny took an extra two minutes on his lunch break. Uh, hey, Josie took off a day when, you know, I saw her. She wasn't really sick, right? It's, 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 it takes away from the goal. And like, does it really uh, look if somebody is act, if you have an employee that is, is that way, then get rid of them. You know, like, why would you like, like you're already going to spend the time and effort. You might as well just spend the time and effort. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's a huge, it's, that's a interesting, that's a topic in and of itself, right? This idea of employees comparing themselves to each other and, and, you know, losing, losing sight of what the real picture is the big picture is like man uh, it's it's crazy to think that an individual would be more focused on what somebody else is getting and it completely ignore the fact that they're getting more out of the current arrangement and they're benefiting more who cares what's happening with other fascinating person, right? yeah you know um it's like the same thing can be said to this individual so like you know the people who've been working here for a number of years they were getting you know they didn't have this 36 hour work week so should we not do it now because they never got to benefit it from it until you know Till now, it's like how many people retired within the last several years who never got a thirty-six hour work week? Should we just go back in time? And well, yeah, it's just it's just crazy to think how just the mindset. It's just the mental the mental structure and framework of how we operate. It's just interesting as human beings. Well, and I want to pivot because it's we pay. We didn't take people's pay away, and I know there are people who are like, well, they're working less, and it, it's always one of those. There is nobody that's going to be able to explain to me that. Every employee works an actual schedule they're working. Right. Because mentally, we have things going on. Something happened to our kid. We got to worry about the doctor's note. We have that lump in our chest. Or there's always going to be something for somebody in your organization that's on their mind. That they're, they're, we're not robots. Yes. We're humans. Yep. So it's how do I keep it simple and do that? So we had the we had the 15 days, and then we also have 12. We we had 12 and a half eight hour holidays. We just took it down to 12 holidays at nine hours. And so what we do is, is we're Monday through Thursday. So if a, most holidays are Monday or, or Friday, if a holiday lands on a, on a Friday, I just take the nine hours and I put it into their PTO bank and they can use it whenever they want. So one, Joe, once I got, once I got like buy-in from the departments and it, it was, it was universal, um, except for this one director who's like my, my one employee absolutely cannot do it. Well, I went to that employee. I'm like, Hey, do you want to do this? She goes, yeah. And I go, now it's universal. So, um, so I I take it back to the board and I'm feeling good. Right. I'm feeling good. I'm like staff's on board. Yeah. I got momentum with the board. I walk in, I'm like, all right. And like the first supervisor's like, that's a no for me, dog. And I'm like, what What happened? I didn't even say anything, (laughs) but you know, the other, but you know what though, but the, he's so cool. He's, you know, he smiles. He's like this. He goes, he goes, I, you know, but again, like, you know, we could be civil about it. And I'm like, okay, he goes, I just believe in traditional. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. You're the boss, right? You're the boss. Right, That's right. what it is. So board starts asking me a little more detailed questions. I'm like, Jamie, what are, what are the benefits that you see? And I'm like, look, if, if the talent is 30 minutes away from us, which, you know, if you look at where New Hanover is in proximity to where the town is, it's probably 30 minutes to an hour. I said, I'm not sure if people, I go, 
I know people probably don't want to travel 30 minutes to an hour to work in New Hanover Township. But if we don't work Fridays, people might think differently. They might go, well, I might save gas on that Friday. And it doesn't feel as bad. I go, it's just a hypothesis. I go, but I'll tell you, if I get talent, and as soon as that person comes in this door, they're used to a five-day, 40-hour work week. And now they're going to get conditioned upon a four-day, 36-hour work week. Do you know how much power is in that when some other municipality is going to say, hey, we're going to pay you more to come? There's going to be a pause with that thought process. Yes. Because now that person's going to go, what's the value of that Friday to me? Pretty damn valuable, I would think, for a lot of people, I would think. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the 36-hour work week is 90% of, of 40. So financially, it would make sense to mean 10% more. I mean, you know, a manager, one of the best managers I've, I've ever met, always said you never leave unless you get 15% more. But I mean, what is the value of that Friday to you? Like, do you have kids? Yeah. Do you do things on Fridays as a family? You know, if you want to go to an amusement park, go on a Friday morning when everybody's at school, way easier experience. Right. Like, I, there's just an element of that, like, that I was telling more. I'm like, it can't hurt to try. Like, so, what, it, what do we have to lose? So let me ask you this, Jamie. So there's a lot of city managers who are listening to this, right? And they might say, okay, so it, it, is this primarily pitched to them, to the, your governing body as a way of recruiting talent because you had an issue with recruiting talent? Or does it go beyond that? Because, you know, there's a lot of cities that are struggling for talent, right? Uh, but there's some cities out there who might be like, eh, well, we're all struggling for talent, one. And two, maybe we're not struggling for talent. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's not a good sales pitch. Was there anything else that you you used to sort of pitch the idea? Or what was the, or was that just the overriding factor of, of securing talent? Securing talent, one, because when we had a lot of employee turnover, it takes so much time of my time and cost to either get rid of that employee or to bring someone on. And then like when I'm doing application process, the quality of applicants is, is not at the level that I would expect if I was a little bit closer to Philadelphia. Right. And especially with like the salaries that we're paying aren't as competitive when you get closer to Philadelphia. Even though like the work, we again, we have like, like the most development of any municipality. So we are infinitely more sophisticated in certain areas than bigger municipalities. And I don't know, it, maybe, maybe you agree or not, because you're in a smaller municipality and I've, I've, my career has been spent in small municipalities. And I believe that turnover is far more damaging and impactful in the smaller municipalities, because oftentimes you don't have the ability, um, you don't have multiple people who can do the same role or function often because there's just not enough manpower to go around. Right. So when you lose somebody yeah. and you have that knowledge gap or you lose that institutional history or memory or knowledge, it's a, it's a struggle. Do you, so do you think that turnover hurts the smaller organizations more and this might actually be more conducive or better. Uh, this might be more um, better received in smaller communities as opposed to larger communities. Yes. To your first question. I think, I think it, it would work in both communities, but the first part of that is like in my role, you know, we all equate ourselves to township manager, but township managers do a little different things in different communities. So okay. like for me, I also run a municipal authority or sewer authority. I'm also, managing the planning process of all this land development stuff. Whereas a bigger municipality might have a planning and zoning director who right. has an entire department who does that. Like I do that. Like I'm also the HR director. So it's, 
if they lose me, they got to fill four positions where in a bigger municipality, if they lose an HR person, they, they replace it with an HR person. Right. And so like, and you're like, when I'm talking to this board, I'm like, every person at New Hanover Township matters. Like we don't have, we don't have fat here. We don't have like an extra employee just to stand around. So like every time we have to replace an employee, we're triaging everything else and the quality of everything else is, is going down. Right. So I think that, that Joe, that resonated probably the most with them. Okay. Because they've all, again, they're all very practical and they're reasonable enough to go, all right, if we have residents come in and we have to delay them for two weeks because we're onboarding an employee, that doesn't really help anybody. Right. Right. And so like, what's the value of that employee, like, or that resident, excuse me, if they're upset because they can't get a permit on Friday? they got to wait till Monday or they got to adapt and go to Thursday. Like, so you start getting these value propositions. Right. So, so, and then to answer the other part of your question, like, I think, I think the applicability of this policy is way easier in bigger municipalities because they can stay open five days a week, but still have a four day, 36 hour work week and just either choose to have two schedules, one Monday through Thursday and the second Tuesday through Friday, although I'd recommend a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday schedule. Um, but again, like that would be infinitely easier. Like I think at smaller municipality like ours, you got to nail it the first time. And, and that was a big topic, just so you know, like the board's like, well, can we, can we have two shifts? And I'm like, not in our size, right? No, no. Yeah. Because like I have one admin assistant, right? Like, so if she's not here, who's doing that work? Right. Um, so we couldn't, and you know what too? A large part of this movement, because like at like the 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 nexus for it at the same time was the sewer side. So in Pennsylvania, and I don't know if you see it elsewhere, but in Pennsylvania, there was uh, a law change a few years ago where the privatization of water and sewer allowed you know that to be a little more easily obtained. So all around us, municipalities are selling their water and or sewer authorities, making you know a boatload of money. And in here, it's like, there's an expectation that we do it better than private. So I have now our water sewer, you know, private companies plucking our, our talent and giving them more money. And so think about it. If you only work Monday through Thursday here, now those people are still on call Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in case sure. something happens to our sewer plant. Of course, yeah. The private sector is never going to be able to compete with taking my employee away because they're, they're, you know, for all intents and purposes, making widgets, whereas right. we are not making widgets. And that's the difference of public versus private. It's like our stuff can mostly wait until Monday. Whereas, you know, if you close your restaurant on Friday, you're not bringing in revenue. And that's kind of the thing I was telling the board. I'm like, it's going to be hard for the private sector to pull our employees. But my hedge of my bet was the fact that municipalities are slow to change that, we're going to be a trailblazer, even though like we might not want to be, but other municipalities are going to be slow, so slow to act. Our brand is going to be, we're going to be the brand that people go to and, and we won the arms race, if you will. Well, let's talk about that for a second. So real quick, uh, real brief, it gets passed by the, the governing body, obviously. Is it a unanimous vote at the end of the day or did you have that one lone holdout? So it was three, two, it was three, two for a trial period. Okay. So the way it was able to be implemented, the board's like, we'll, we'll settle on a nine month trial period. So th let's say it's November of 2021. They're like, we will start at January 1st, 2022. It's a nine month trial period. Okay. 
And then even though one of the supervisors was a no vote, the supervisor was like, can we get a public feedback form? Because in the data that I want you to acquire is I want to keep the vestibule open 24 seven. We have the technology to, to, to lock it. Um, is put that form out there. So when people come and they're used to coming on a Friday. And there's no one home. There's no one there. There's no one home. You know, hopefully they'll fill out the form, put it in the box, and then let's see who's actually coming. Now, this is fascinating because in New Hanover, our, and, and look, there are things that probably led to the success of this is when we got here, we would do our sewer payments in-house. We've outsourced that before I had this concept present. Before that, we would have a lot of walk-ins. Okay. But, I've outsourced that. We've outsourced our um, building inspection process. So our building inspection process can still happen on a Friday. So that that was a key thing too. But like we've outsourced where it made sense to outsource, where people, their touch points would still be met. But um, um, oh man, I'm blanking on my topic. That's good. You're talking about the feedback that you got from the, yeah. in the, in the vestibules. Yeah. So like, like we have this feedback form. And people are doing it for a walk-in. I remember my point. The walk-in, we average about eight walk-ins a day. That's low. So, like, you might have bigger municipalities that have 30 walk-ins a day, but it's maybe they can't outsource or what have you. But, like, here with the pandemic, with the low volume of walk-ins. So, like, I always call this a chill community. Like, when I, when I, in my last community, when a snowflake would hit, a resident would call and complain that we did that we're not out there plowing. Right, right. In over. I'm not getting those phone calls, Joe. And you know what? I, I plowed myself and I've seen residents plow with us. So it's like, it's just the different, like it, it, it matters. Every, the every city has a different, every city has a different culture and personality, right? Every city is different. Yeah. Yeah. So we're laid back enough. We're like, I, you know, that kind of helped out a lot. So it, the board three, two vote nine month trial period. And that was after two public meetings where the public was like, should, how about we do Tuesday through Friday or, or do this or that. But I'll tell you this. I had enough people that were like, you know what? We Jamie's been successful enough here. Let's at least give him a chance. Give him a shot, right? He's earned, he's, he earned, the, he's earned the right to fail on an idea, right? So to speak, if, if I may be so bold. I mean. Yeah, no. And then and then you always get that one. Or we'll fire him. You know, like. <laughs> and I said, look, I go, I'll put my reputation on the line that it's going to work. Because you know what? Look, look tongue in cheek. When people get used to a 40, 36 hour work week, they're going to make it work. Well, that kind of leads into my next deal, right? Because you go to this trial period, right? So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that at this point, most of, the, most of the employees, if not all of them are like, hey, let's do this. Let's make it work, right? And yep. so they have this very powerful carrot, this very powerful incentive to make mm-hmm. it work, right? Because obviously if it doesn't go well, then you know, it's going to get pulled, right? It's going to, it's a trial period. Mm-hmm. It's going to get yanked, right? Can you speak a little bit to what kind of chatter or the team sort of work mentality or, or how was, how did the staff approach this whole thing? I mean, did you, I, I don't want to go kumbaya. No, I got you. Did it turn into like, Hey, we're all in this and we got to get this thing together because we really want to keep it. Or was it not that overt? Well, if, when you go back, like knowing that the employees already had the buy-in, that was very helpful. Like if you have a director that's like, I don't want to do this. You got to keep an eye on that. Right. Well, we had a lot of our whole month of December before was educating the community through like our newsletter websites, you know, anywhere we can post to tell people, let them know we had sewer billing. So we went quarterly sewer billing. We'd put notice, Hey, our new hours, etc. Everybody's emails we put in their, 
um, in their signature line, like, hey, just so you know, ours, anybody we can hit there. But also when January 1st hit, I, I, I try to set the expectation that like, look, if it if it's not working in month one, it doesn't mean it's a bad idea. It means we're still transitioning. And this is seasonal. So the one supervisor who was like, I want to see at least nine months because it's at least three seasons and includes winter. Right. And so the um, we we implement this and we, we did the, the PTO change. And like the board also, just so you know, the board wanted everybody to sign off that it was a trial period, that the board has the right, that if we go back, like their salaries aren't going to change, you know, like, you know, but at, at the end of the day, everybody signed off. We're good. We're ready to go. We do it. And the first month happens and it's fine. There's no problems. And I'll tell you, we had a, we had a lot of snowstorms. So like the, the one supervisor who was like, I'm a no, I'm a no dog. Right. Yeah. Um, he's like in February, he's like, where's the data? And I'm like, <laughs> I go, I need more. Like it's been like 28 days. Yeah. Um, I go, I can give you a call volume and stuff like that. I go, but like, let's just give ourselves like a couple months. So then in my manager report, I would be like, here's the number of calls. Here's this. And as time went, went down, the questions went down, right? Because everyone was really interested in month one. Would it fail? It worked. Everybody in month two, it worked. The work quality on, on the, on my public work sewer changed zero. Um, and like a, a fair question would be, well, Jamie, how do you know that? One, Am I getting any call volume uh, differences in the public? No. Two, are the objectives that we set out, which are similar on a year-to-year -year basis, getting met? Yes. Um, but what else did I notice? It's, and here's things I didn't think about, is when people leave Thursday at 3.30 or 5, but let, let's just stick to public works and sewer where it's more physical manual labor, and they come back Monday, they've now had an extra day of physical body rest. Right. So now people are coming back looser, more like mentally acute. They're there, happier. Like, and we, you know, rah, rah, right? Happier. But I mean, like people aren't complaining about their lives as much. It's, it's weird. It's like a phenomenon. If you, if you want to call it that. What's well, a quality, it's a legitimate quality of life. What's a legitimate quality of life enhancement, right? I mean, that's really what you're talking about. Well, and what's funky is, is like the other thing. And I didn't mention earlier is like when people are like, well, what am I going to do with my Friday off? And I'm like. I don't know. Like, why don't you, why don't you see what out. you do? Why don't you see? And then it's so like, I think at the three month mark was the key mark for me after three months, you know, I'm asking people, what are you doing? They're like, I mean, this is like at the end of March. They're like, Oh, like I, I moved all my appointments to Friday. Oh, I go grocery shopping. Oh, I, I play video games again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you know, like I, you know, I just, it's just nice. Like, you know, like I feel like I am more, I feel like I'm more focused on Saturdays and Sundays with my family. Like, I don't feel stressed out on Sunday that I didn't get everything accomplished. Right. I, right. I, it, it, when you talk about managerial wins and keeping your employees happy, that's like the moment I was like, I think we're on to something here. I think, well, I think we're on to something. So you go through this nine-month trial period. You don't get really any blowback from the mm -hmm. public. Was there any vestible, any comments from the walk-ins, anything like that? that one. One. One? One. Crit In nine critical? months, one. No, just like, hey, call me back. <laughs> so you literally had one person turn in a phone. One, one. <laughs> and you know, too, like I had I had one person email me and then I, I kept going back and forth. But we also here, we have like voiceover IP. So our phones, like um, 
don't know if every person does at the township, but like I do it where like if somebody calls my phone, it goes, you know, the voicemail comes to my email. Joe, I don't know. I don't know any manager who turns off Friday and comes back Monday. If I see something that needs it, I'll go take care of it. Or I have people here again. It's how do you build your culture? If, right. if I've had a successfully defined culture, if our mission is we take care of residents, to me, my expectation is I don't care if it's Saturday, Sunday, eight o'clock at night, we help people if they are in need. So, and I think that that has kind of made it successful. So you go nine months into this, this trial run, right? Yeah. And then what happens? You go to the board and it's walk me through that. So I, I go to that board meeting in September and that was just a discussion because I think they voted on for either October or November. Um, the, now here's, what's interesting. So in the January that the trial period was implemented, the one supervisor is no longer on the board and he was one of the three yes votes. Ooh. So now I got a new supervisor. So I'm like, I have a wild card. He, he was a yes though, which was really nice. And he was like, it was a great idea. Teachers should do this. And I go, yes, (laughs) yes. So we, we get, we get to the meeting and I'm expecting like, you know, like, like the public to chime in and what have you. And, uh, you know, I gotta admit, like, I don't sweat a lot at, at, you know, after being seven years of doing this, I was sweating that night. Because, because you knew that if you knew that if it got yanked, there was going to be some devastation with the morale with the employees at that point, right? Like, is that one of the big? Oh, definitely, definitely. Minutes? Like, I mean, they knew it was a possibility, and like, it's not like I mean, we we don't hide things. Like, we we talk about this. Like, it's it's a real possibility. Yeah, they, they again, signed the, they signed the form. I mean, they, we know. But like, yeah. but you also have to respect the the governing body. So like, my role as a manager is not to set false expectations, you know. Right. And it's it's not to be you know oh it's the board's decision. It's like no I. I, I'm here, you know, it's my fault at the end of the day if it didn't work. So um, what was really interesting is as I go into that meeting and we're talking about it, I have the same supervisor. He goes, it's still a no for me, dog. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, come on, it works. But what was interesting is the public. So I feel like we have a really interesting public because at, we've built – a level of transparency where we explain everything. Like we're goofy. Like we even talk about like we won't do settlement agreements in New Hanover unless we walk through it with the public. Cause we just we want them to know like, hey, it's a community decision. So we've established that culture of transparency. And we had people in the public who were against the concept for the trial period speak out and go, you know what? If that helps us get talent. And it, we had no problems. Let's keep doing it. Because, but that's, like, the, well, that's a function of them not being feeling negatively impacted by it, right? Exactly. Because at, the end of, at the end of the day, the discussion was we got to provide results and service to our residents, right? We got to make them yeah. happy. So if they're happy after this trial period, then what's the reason for resisting, right? At that point. Well, yeah, because you, like, you'll get people that go, well, how do I know it's better? And I'm like, you won't know until you do a trial period, right? And if it's even 1% better, it's better. Right. Right. We like sometimes we get fixated on policies and we go, it has to be a hundred percent better. But I'm like, no, we don't. Is it better? Does it, does it help people? Like everything's going to need to be changed at some point. So like just jump in, do a trial period, if anything, and pull it back. So we did that, but I was sweating because I had some key retirements coming up 
And I knew the people that I wanted in the roles to fill those roles. And I knew that there was probably no chance unless I kept this. Okay. It, yeah. Unless, unless, like, unless I kept like, look, like I have an excellent assistant manager that I fully expect will be a township manager whenever she chooses, but she's traveling 45 minutes a day. There's no way. There's no way she, she, you know, drives her five days a week. So like, for me, I was like, almost like the entire vision of like trying to evolve to a gold standard wrote Hin- on this. Yeah. Hinged on it. Hinged yep. on this. Board was like the, the main thing before the official vote in, like I say, November was like, all right, well, do we want to do this for another year? I was sweating that Joe because I'm like, Oh, like, like it's hard because then when you're hiring people, how, how do I represent this? That it's a possibility right. that I can pull the rug from underneath you. Yep. And, um, we went into this, um, our, the board meeting where it was voted on. And I think it was voted on four one actually. And in, in, uh, to affirm it, but, um, it ended up getting affirmed where it was like, look, we would be okay. As long as you put in the employee handbook that we have the right at any moment, um, to change back. If we feel like the services are not being met by the residents. And I told her, I go, if you can meet me halfway, if you do that, then, then, then do it for January 1st, because it gives people a chance to kind of think if they want to stay or go. Right. Right. And it, and it works. So like, but not having to do it every year was a big win because I, I don't like when people feel like an uncertainty in their life. Of course. Of course. Yeah. It's anxiety. You know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, I mean, look, we're 18 months in, nobody talks about it anymore. Every it's exactly the same. And I'll tell you this. I actually think employees work better. Um, what I've seen is when you had a five day, 40 hour work week and you, you, you've had a lot of employees, like they might take a Tuesday off, right. Or Thursday, a random day. I'm sick here. Like, I don't see that as much. I see people taking off a full week. So what I'm seeing is the my limited public works team is, is I'm having fuller teams more often. Right. I can track that. I can track that through the day. You know, I can, I can find that data, which when I have fuller teams, then I'm getting a more efficient product that not working Friday when people are like, well, you know, it's four hours. And you know, is that fair to the, the public? I go, look, when you start a day, does anyone start like if my, if I start here at eight, there's no one that goes, I'm ready to work at eight o'clock typing. Right. You, come in, in, right? you yeah. get your coffee, you say your hellos. Public works feel right. They're coming in. They're saying hello. They're getting their coffee. They're checking the news. They're getting the the, the vehicle started. Let's say that's a half an hour. Yeah. Um. When it's when the, it's a half an hour to go, you think people wait till one minute before and drive back? No, a half an hour before they drive back, they got it. You already lose an hour every day. Yep. Yep. Then you got your thirty minutes, your uh, or your fifteen minute breaks or what have you. So let's say to be fair, you lose two hours every Friday anyway. So now you're looking at a thirty eight versus thirty six anyway. You're two hours. Yeah. So for two hours, now you get to Monday through Thursday. If you're paving, you're already in the middle of paving. Now you have an extra hour of productivity. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of public works departments across the country that have shifted to that 410 because of that, exactly what you talk about with that windshield yeah. time, right? Uh, especially a lot of the county governments where they have a lot of yeah. driving out in the far places. So they'll, they'll go to that 410 because – that eliminates one extra day of doing all those checks, right? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. checking your vehicle, the whole process, the drive. So it's the setup and the, and the breakdown of the job site, all that stuff. So yeah. Well, it, and, and, and if you, 
And here's where like, if you get four day, 32 hour work week, cause I had a board member, well, what's next? Four day, 32 hour work week. I can say, no, I'm never going to recommend it because that takes the logic of way what I just told you. Right. Is if you do four, eight hour days, now you're actually losing productivity. Right. It, at least, at least in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. um, like to be fair to the resident, I'm like, look, if, if you're losing two hours of productivity in your mind, what's greater that or the fact that I have talent who is going to through osmosis or through culture building stay longer, which reduces legal costs, opportunity costs to do other things might have better ideas that save us money on, on, on road work or what have you. And then that synergy that just comes through that with continuity, right? In new Hanover, they made a decision that that mattered more. And so, I, think, I mean, and here's the thing too, right? If you're attracting higher quality employees, it's, you can't even put a dollar value on the benefit to the organization, the added value mm-hmm. that those individuals bring versus hiring somebody who's more media, you know, mediocre, but maybe, uh, you know, is working there for longer, you know, m- more hours, because we all know that that mediocre employee, even if they're theoretically working longer hours under the traditional format, they're not producing the same value mm-hmm. or work product benefit that uh, an exceptional employee would have. So uh, it's a very interesting process you've been working on. Um, so this happened uh, in January, you went to the permanent 36 hour work week schedule, right? So yep. now you're basically almost eight months into it. Now, what has been the feedback or the chatter within your state, your community, your peers, or what's going on in that front? So we had, when the, the board wanted to see before they voted, just so you know, on feedback from the employees Okay. and like every employee. And we did like, um, I think like a 10 questionnaire, like, what do you do with your time? Except like that. I think the board was moved by how people's lives have changed, at least in their perspective, in a positive way. Okay. But look, what's funny is remember I told you earlier about like the one guy who's like, it won't work. I did four tens and we're like, what's four nines? Like, ah, it still won't work. Yeah. He's the only one who did an anonymous, like it was anonymous, but you could just tell by his tone. It was him. (laughs) And he's like this, uh, N-A, N-A, don't like N-A. And I'm like, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's what it is, but like, so for the last eight months, I, I kid you not, like, I don't think outside of me doing a presentation on it and with you, no one's talked about it. So, so no now like, so it goes back to what no, you said a minute ago about governments being slow to make change, right? You're the trailblazer now, right? It just became the new normal. And so now the new normal is what, what have, what have, what have we achieved since then? So I believe we hired better talent that better talent is going to find some efficiencies that we haven't. I mean, we have, and, and that talent's also helping me because then I can focus on other things, but having that better talent is going to help this community long-term because like, let's say I leave, they now don't have to worry about filling in all those other roles that they may have had to worry about before that four day work week went in. So it just hedges their bet. I always joke um, when I talk to people, I say, we, we always, complain about the wars we fought because we know how much we waste it, right? Or what have you. We never talk about the wars we avoided and the money we saved because it's not in front of us. So like now we've gotten to a point where like we don't talk about this four day, 36 hour work week because it's working and people, they don't notice the difference. And you know what? If, you, if I asked a resident, hey, do you know we're on a four day, 36 hour work week? They'd probably go, no, yeah. but they're not seeing any changes in their service. 
but we have now people that are able to answer their questions differently or more thoroughly. Um, they don't have to rely on me to answer every question. So it's, it's a win. And like, as that culture builds up, I mean, I have an opening right now. I'm seeing, I'm seeing really good talent for it. And so it's, it's, you know, and, and then I ask questions like, is it because of the four day work week? And yeah, like who wouldn't want Fridays off? So here's the thing though. And I will say being devil's advocate, right? I'd say, Jamie, you got a small organization you're talking about 15 to 18 employees that are on this new work schedule, what have you. It's only really been in place permanently for, you know, eight months. Do you have any hardcore data or sense that you actually have reduced turnover, that you have got increase in production, or is this all just the eye test in, in sort of anecdotal? Like, how, how would you respond to the devil's advocate say, show me the proof? Like, I mean, you're just telling me that you're getting everything done. Yeah. Like, what's, what's, because you're going to have some ultimate skeptics out there who'd be like, oh, I don't believe it. I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to do that. Right. So, look, there, there's no doubt. I think, at, like, when I referenced before, it's I'm seeing fuller teams. I can go to data and go, here's the days taken off last year. Here's the days taken off this year. The very, the variability of that is, is like, I can't, you know, you can't count for the health of that person or what happened in, in, sure. in that. So I can go out to a site and if we're achieving the same things, let's say in public works that we were two years ago, but we're doing it in 36 hours. I'm not going to be able to say I have all this rigorous data because if I had a bigger municipality, I'd have a data analyst, right? Right, right. But I'm looking at it, I'm like, how are they getting the same things done? I mean, public works do the same thing everywhere, every season. Right. How are they doing the same things? I'm not getting, compl I'm not, you know, getting complaints from people. I'm getting the same amount of complaints and we're taking care of it. That would be the data I'd point to. Is it strong? No. Right, right. Memory right. eight months in. I haven't had hired a lot of people for it, but I'll tell you this. I know that the people who have hired are here because of that four day work week. 100%. Um, 100% has been a driving factor. It's, it, I don't think I can claim it's been the only driving factor. I'd like to say that they like the manager they work for. Right. Sure. Um, sure. <laughs> but I think, I think, yeah, no, I think, I, look, when, when, when you start looking at this place is going to pay me 60,000 and this place is going to pay me 70,000, but this place at 60,000 is four day work week. When I get that data, you know, I could share it with you, but like it's, I'm looking at the quality of applications. I can't run it again, having a five day work week to see they wouldn't apply, but right at the end of the day, I'm happy about it. So I think over time, I look at it from this point of view, it feels the same with this schedule that it did the other schedule. But I have happier employees that are telling me they're benefiting from having that day off. And I'm seeing it anecdotally in the field and can measure small months of data. And like I talk, does it have to be 100% better? No. I know it's at least 1% better. Well, Jamie, you, you've kind of uh, put yourself out the least to me. I don't think I'm misstating, but you're kind of like an ambassador. I think you're pretty passionate about this whole 36-hour work week and alternative schedules and so forth and so on, right? That's fair to say. You talked to your state association and whatnot. Um, I assume that uh, you're more than willing to receive calls and inquiries from other oh, managers who want to talk about yep. it, right? And because Okay, absolutely. So uh, there you guys have it. Jamie Gwynn, New Hanover Township Manager. He is the... I'm gonna call you a trailblazer. You're a trailblazer on the. I don't know if anybody else doing a 36 hour work week schedule. I literally do not. Maybe maybe someone will hear this podcast and say ah contraire, and we've been doing it uh, ourselves. But I would love to. I would love to hear that. I don't know. But 
I, to my knowledge, you're the only one doing the third. Well, you, you have a second town, a second uh, municipality or whatever in Pennsylvania who's adopted what you guys are doing. Uh, but I think you legitimately are a trendsetter, a trailblazer on this, uh, Jamie. And uh, it's been fantastic having you on the podcast. Thank you so much. And I don't know if you have any of the parting comments or thoughts, but I appreciate you being on the show. No, I'll, I'll just tell you when the other, the other municipality recently um, converted to the four day, 36 hour work week. I asked the manager, I said, I go, it's hard, isn't it? He goes, yeah, it was hard. And I go, so what are you gonna do at your Fridays? He goes, I'm going fishing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going fishing. Well, there you go. He, someone figured out what to do with their extra Friday, right? There you go. All but right. No, thank you for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jamie. I am Joe Turner, and this is the City Manager Unfiltered Podcast, a podcast by a city manager for city managers and other public sector executives. And uh, until next time, see you later.